I need to know everything. Who in the what and the where I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George. I hop in the Porsche, a five and a horse. I'm ready for war. I'm coming for ghosts to turn to a ghost. I need to know everything. Now you'd be surprised at the info you get is by letting them talk. So I'm letting them talk. All right, all right, all right, everybody. We are back. Week four edition of another damn fantasy podcast. My name is Dan, and I've got Trevor here with me tonight. Uh, we are presented by Stadium Rant. Make sure you check out www.stadiumrant.com for all of that supplementary supplementary content uh, that we're going to be discussing with you on the fantasy front. So, um, Trevor, how are we doing tonight? Tough week after a tough loss for the Colt or to the Colts by the Chiefs, but I'm doing well. Uh, fantasy week went pretty well for me in week three. Hoping to to bring some new stuff to the listeners this week and, and just kind of we're starting to feel out, right? We're starting to know who's actually going to settle into these, these positions, mm-hmm. where the volume's going to go, who we can start to rely on each and every week. And maybe some of these guys that man, we drafted high and they're just not working out three weeks into it gives us a little bit of a sample size. So excited to run through some of those tonight with everyone. On today's episode, we're going to talk NFL news, as we always do. We want to bring you the latest news from the NFL, the good and the bad. We're going to add in two segments. We're going to add in the rookie report. Just talk about some of these, especially rookie wide receivers, who are dominating at the beginning of this season. We're also going to give you a, a promotions and demotions, right? What are the Who are those guys that maybe you haven't been starting, but it's time. Put them in your starting lineup. They should be a staple for the next couple of weeks. And those guys that you've started each and every week that quite frankly, why are we starting them anymore? It's time to at least put them on our bench. We're not saying you got to drop them, but we do say that you need to start thinking about it before you just automatically put them in your lineup. We'll give you our starts of the week. We'll go through our stream session. And tonight, Dan, I want to leave the listeners with, with the most surprising fantasy player through three weeks. Have a little fun here. Uh, tell them who we're surprised about. So a lot packed in here. I said we just jump into it. Yeah, man. Let's unpack this beast. Starting with the NFL news. We're going to try and keep it fantasy-oriented for you. So Mac Jones, high ankle sprain for the New England Patriots. He is not likely to play at least for the next three to four weeks. They said it was a severe high ankle sprain on the first report, and you know he's looking for other opinions uh, for the time being at least. We'll see whether or not he's able to suit up this weekend as New England takes on the Green Bay Packers, but that immediately tanks what little value the Patriots receivers had to begin with in fantasy and um, you know, it's going to make the job for those running backs a little more difficult, I think. Yeah, I would agree with that. I was all in on Ramondre Stevenson last week. He had a great game. Unfortunately, I don't think we can go right back to him with this Mac Jones injury. I also, you know, there's been some some, some of those pass catchers who have kind of shown up. They're good streaming pass catchers. I want to see it from New England, I think, this week without Mac Jones before I am really in on putting those guys back in there. Damian Harris may have to be a, a start either way because you might not have any other options. Uh, but if I can, I, I'm going to try to avoid this Patriots offense 
for at least a week without Mac Jones. 100%. David Montgomery injured his ankle and his knee. He should be good to return at some point in the season, but he's going to miss a number of weeks for sure. So, you know, we saw him go down in the game this past weekend, and then another guy steps in and does his damn job, Khalil Herbert, putting up over 150 yards and got a score. I mean, um, the Bears obviously run heavy, uh, and, and Khalil Herbert seems like a guy you have to play again this week, right? Yeah, and, and Montgomery was in a smash start spot last week, so it just... If you have Montgomery on your team, you're just cringing because you know you could have gotten all of those points just as Herbert did. But yes, you're absolutely right. You got to throw Herbert back in there. You got to love some of these start these backup running backs who are going to get all the volume, right? Because you're not gonna you're not gonna sprinkle in another running back after that, where Herbert may have gotten sprinkled in a little bit. Herbert's getting all the volume this week if Montgomery misses, which I do think. He'll be out. We won't see him for a little while. Man, how about the Chargers, Dan? Rashawn Slater out for the season. We know he plays left tackle. You're not starting him in your leagues, but it hurts for the Chargers. Another injury for them hurts NFL-wise, but also I think it might hurt a little bit with Justin Herbert, who you probably drafted as a top-five quarterback, and which then trickles into his pass catcher's and Austin Eckler, we'll talk about him here in a little while. Man, he's got to find an end zone one of these days. But how do you see this losing their left tackle affecting them fantasy-wise? This is a giant loss. I mean, I think Rashawn Slater, second-year left tackle out of Northwestern. I mean, he's been one of the better, if not, you know, maybe a top three left tackle in the league since he came out last year in his rookie year. <clears throat> heavily is going to impact, you know, Justin Herbert's comfort in the pocket. He might feel some of that false pressure, um, you know, not having, you know, full trust with that guy that's going to be filling in. And uh, I believe his name is Storm something or other, the 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 left tackle that's going to be filling the gap. Um, when Rashawn Slater exited, nothing looked good for the chargers, right? There was no offense before and after it looked even worse. Herbert himself is still getting over an injury with that, uh, that rib cartilage. He should be good to go for the game against Houston this weekend. And maybe Houston's a good benchmark to kind of see what this backup left tackle is going to be able to do and how the rest of the offense is going to respond, not having that anchor piece on the offensive line. And just to add to it, Corey Lindsley showed up on the injury report with a knee issue, all pro center for the Chargers. So they're dealing with some serious uh, problems in the injury department. Keenan Allen should be back. Um, so that's going to provide a nice little boost in the passing game for Herbert. But just watch out for that pr those protection issues and how they're going to impact the course of the Chargers' offense the rest of the season. I think that's a huge, huge loss for that team. I looked up their depth chart. Uh, Storm Norton, I think is who you're looking for. But actually, yeah. Jamari Say Salyer, I think is how you say it, is currently showing up as the starter. Uh, at left tackle with Slater on the IR, IR. Either way, whatever the name is, whatever the left tackle is, the point still stands, right? It, it's going to be some tough sledding there. 
in, in LA. And, and again, I don't think you can not play some of the chargers. Like you, you put way too much draft capital in them, but maybe you lower your expectations mm-hmm. at least for a week or two until they can start to gel a little bit there in LA. Another running back to watch Dalvin cook. He's got some ligament issues in his shoulder. Wasn't wearing his harness. He opted not to get the surgery this off season to repair that his Shoulder was dislocated. They popped it back in the whole deal. He should be good. Just need to keep that harness on him. Uh, costing some of these fantasy managers some some games, I'm sure. And he was having himself quite a day against that Detroit defense before he had to exit. Um, anyone holding on to Madison, don't get your hopes up too high that he's going to be shouldering the, the bulk of the workload this week. I think Dalvin Cook's going to be coming back uh, to take a lot of that. I love the pun there that, Madison won't be shouldering the work. (laughs) Look, Dalvin Cook goes through this all the time. He's got this shoulder injury every single year. I think what this does just remind us is that these running backs are fragile. And another running back in DeAndre Swift sprained his shoulder. I'm getting the updates. Jamal Williams touchdown. Jamal Williams touchdown. I'm just ticked off and tilting. Like, why is he getting all the touchdowns? (laughs) Whereas DeAndre Swift, it comes out that Swift sprained his shoulder. He's going to be out at least two weeks. Why can't he get the same harness that Dalvin Cook has and plays through it? I don't have any idea. I'm not a doctor. But if you are a DeAndre Swift manager, you need to to plan uh, for, for somebody else for at least a couple weeks there in Detroit. Dr. Steinbacher's prescribing <laughs> all the shoulder harnesses Just have a harness. for these Come running on. backs. <laughs> quarterbacks need to wear knee braces and running backs need to wear harnesses yes please on. please just protect Come yourselves on. out there guys we need you your team needs you um <laughs> no that was the that's the rough part too is jamal williams was already kind of vulturing him oh man in the end zone to begin with so now it's like who's gonna take the touchdowns from from him you know how how is jamal williams still in the league he is the he is the vulture of all vultures, man. I love he just Jamal never Williams. goes away. <laughs> I love Jamal Williams. I thought it was crazy that the Packers let him walk because, you know, the tandem of him and, and Aaron Jones and what they were able to do in Green Bay. And I thought he was going to get starting reps wherever he went next. I was like, this dude's a bruiser. You know, he, he lives for the contact and. And then they drafted DeAndre Swift, and look what happens. They form the same one-two punch pretty much um, that the Green Bay Packers had. So um, Michael Thomas tweaked his his foot, his toe in the game. He should be fine. And then I want to talk about the two of back injury and just kind of get your take on it. Uh, we talked about it on the Fastest 40, the episode that dropped Wednesday morning on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Trey and I, we were talking about it, and we got a lot of flashbacks. I don't know if you got to watch the game live or the clip live. A lot of flashbacks of the Patrick Mahomes injury whenever we were playing the Cleveland Browns. You know, he gets he gets tackled by uh, Mac Wilson, I think it was, for the Browns, and stands up and starts wobbling, and, you know, they, they carry him off. And he didn't return to that game, and that was a playoff game with much bigger implications than uh, this Bill's Dolphins game. And, um, you know, now they're coming out that's back injury, you know, nothing nothing going on with the head. And we learned that with with Mahomes' injury. So I just wanted to get your, you know, two cents on it and see what your your thoughts are. So I don't I didn't watch it live. I went back and saw the video. 
because I kept hearing everybody saying like, why is he playing and why is he playing? I would ask the same question. The NFL has gone through this entire, you know, turnover over the past five, six, seven years with head injuries. They have, you know, the, the, the neurosurgeon on site. They've got all these doctors there. They got the eye in the sky. How can, how can something like that happen? And, and a guy come back into the game it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me. I don't really know how they can even provide an explanation. Maybe it is a back injury, but what, what everybody saw on live television, it didn't look like a back injury, uh, and it didn't look like the guy should have been playing. And I didn't see there was another situation like this as well, but it wasn't on national TV. I can't. I don't know if it was T Higgins. Or another player that also looked like he had had a head injury and then came back on. I'd have to go back and look that up, but mm. it's look the NFL is trying to apparently trying to fix all these head injuries, putting in safety precautions, putting in new rules to take away the hitting. But then you go and you do something like this, and you put in a player back in the game after he looks like he's totally blacked out and done for. That to me is a huge mistake, and honestly, it just looks very, very poor to the to the optics of. Are you really worried about the player safety, or are you just worried about winning the ball game? And unfortunately, you know, it's, you can't you can't put their safety ahead or behind winning the ball game. And I feel like that's what the Miami Dolphins did. I do know the NFLPA had immediately called for a um, investigation into it. I'm not sure if anything's come out about that. I haven't really looked uh, into that, but I do know I saw on Sunday, they immediately asked for an investigation. Yeah. That, I mean, the notification came through, I think before the game was even over <laughs> on my phone that they were doing that. And yeah, you know, the dolphins most definitely, they prioritized the, the win over the health of their franchise quarterback. So you know, that's not a good look, especially with the what fans saw um, on national TV with him wobbling around. It's just not a good look for the Dolphins. It's not a good look for Mike McDaniel. It's certainly not a good look for the NFL and all their efforts to try and make the game safer. Yeah, it's a shame. It's a black cloud over a good football team right now. The Miami Dolphins are a good football team. To go in and beat the Bills and hold off. I, I the Bills had all the offense in the world. I don't really understand looking at the box scores how the Bills lost that game. But it doesn't matter. The the, the Dolphins go and win the game. But that's what nobody's nobody's talking about that. It's the black cloud because you chose to make a poor decision and put a quarterback back out there. And I think that's unfortunate, especially for for this Dolphins team, the players who went out there and won that game and should be celebrated for it. 100%. Um, just to wrap up the injury segment, you know, there there's likely to be more uh, different pieces coming out. I know Jalen Guyton tore his ACL uh, as well in that game against the Jaguars. You've got some serious injuries for the Bills secondary, as well as some other pieces, Joey Bosa and things like that. So lots of injuries to monitor as you head into week four. Um, it seems like for the most part, a lot of the fantasy 
relevant players um, outside of what we mentioned or guys that are maybe on IR and whatnot should be healthy and ready to rock and roll. Um, So with that, let's move into the good of week three. I'll take it here first because I'm a little salty. I I ran a a Jalen Hurts, Devontae Smith stack in week one, and Devontae Smith threw up a big old goose egg. And I haven't gone back to him since, but holy cow, does he go off for this Eagles offense? What do you have, 12? Uh, uh, I had it pulled up here. Let me take a look. Man, it was a stupid stat line. I think it was like 160. Eight receptions, 169 yards. That's right. 12 targets. He came out and said that he was he was the one chirping. He was the one that was asking for more. He felt like he was being ignored in this offense. He is not ignored anymore. Hopefully you started him this week. It might have been hard to start him after the first two weeks, uh, but if you started him, you were rewarded very handsomely with a stud of a week. And you hear so many times when these receivers, they're clamoring for the ball and then, and then they get looked at and, and it just totally is a dud. Um, I'm glad Devonte Smith was able to come out there and, and, you know, turn it on against that commander secondary. And even AJ, uh, AJ Brown had himself a nice game too, you know, so it just shows that the offense and Jalen hurts, they can support, you know, target and volume for both of those guys man Jalen Hurts looks so good looks like a well-defined NFL quarterback and I I was not in on him I thought he was gonna be a great fantasy quarterback but I did not expect him to still be the starting quarterback for the Philadelphia Eagles at this point in his career so hats off to him and this offense man is I want to try to get any piece I can at this point because it's it's going and I think that it's it's a freight train that's not going to be stopped anytime soon with these two wide receivers and you got Goddard across the middle. Oh yeah. I'm loving what I'm seeing from those guys. I did a little, uh, Hertz and AJ Brown stack in my daily fantasy and one, won a couple, com- couple shells. So that's pretty right. Happy about that. <laughs> well, let's go into a, uh, a second year tight end and Kyle Pitts, highly drafted top three round finally gets Back on track a little bit. I mean, from tight end, it looked great. Five catches, 87 yards. And these Atlanta Falcons, not necessarily a team we talk about a lot, but through three weeks, you've got Cordero Patterson, Drake London. Now Kyle Pitts is coming in here. Really good fantasy assets for your team. You might not be choosing them in pickums, and you might not be betting for them. Uh, but when it comes to fantasy football, they've got three very good fantasy assets. Absolutely. I locked in a little parlay and I had to count on the Falcons to win on the money line and they ended up clinching it up for me. So I was pretty stoked about that. Loving what I'm seeing from Patterson career high in rushing this past weekend. And then Drake London second straight week with at least 50 yards and a tug. So that's, that's pretty awesome seeing him, you know, show what he can do in the NFL as a, as a rookie. How old is Cordero Patterson and how is he still doing this? (laughs) He's got, like, got to be like seriously. 45, right? <laughs> He's definitely older than we are, it feels like at this point. I, I just don't understand it. I don't. I thought he was a great story two years ago. Oh, cool. Good story. <laughs> Here he is still producing fantasy for us. <laughs> a guy that I'm never going to click, a guy that I'm never going to draft. I just, you got to start him right now until until maybe the wheels fall off or whatever. 
you got to just keep putting them in your lineup and just thinking those points. So I actually did a Falcon for Falcon trade this past week. So the first trade of the season locked it in. I traded Patterson and Juju Smith-Schuster for Drake London and Travis Etienne. I needed the handcuff for James Robinson. Juju was sitting on my bench. I think he was like my seventh receiver on my team because I've got Garrett Wilson on that team, Olave. And then, of course, McLaurin and CeeDee Lamb are up there for me as well. So ended up securing Drake London in that trade, and then Patterson goes off with a career high in rushing. Luckily, I still won my game. I've still got James Robinson, Henry, and uh, Miles Sanders uh, that I'm plugging in on running back. So I don't feel like I lost too much in the trade, but uh, Patterson, if he's going to put up games like that, I feel like uh, maybe maybe didn't fully win that one. <laughs> oh, I think he'll be okay. I, I... – I like to look at, especially if you're running out those running backs right now, let's look, you know, five, six weeks from now. Patterson is old. I do think the wheels will slow down. I think if you've got him and you can ship him, go ahead, do it now. Use this. A lot of people won't tell you that. And, and I, you know, whatever, if you want to just roll with him, that's fine. I don't want to be holding the bag with Cordero Patterson. I do think at some point in time, <laughs> like, History tells us the the age is going to catch up to this guy. Father it's time. just going to happen. And so if you can get, you know, a running back and middle tier wide receiver for him right now, I'm okay with going and doing that. And something what you did there, right? You go get the younger guys. Drake London's already showed up well. We'll talk about him on our rookie report. And Travis Etienne, A, it's a handcuff right there for James Robinson. But also, who know, he might start to integrate a little bit more as this Jaguars offense yeah. starts to go a little bit too. So we have to remember he's coming off a major injury last year as well. Um, so, you know, give him some time. I think he'll get in there as a little bit too. And, and I like that for long term more than, you know, this week. Right. No, I'm, I'm – I'm with it. I thought it was it was, uh, it was the right deal for my team. I think, you know, people look at these trades in a vacuum too often, and it's really all about what your roster needs and, and what you can afford to ship out. Um, moving through some more of the good, a couple quarterbacks had some big games. Obviously, Lamar Jackson going off. I think he had four touchdowns, one on the ground to add to it. Just went off against the New England Patriots. <laughs> Didn't even really feel like a game for the most part. Um, they kind of came up close a little bit there for a minute, but uh, you know, with the way Lamar Jackson has this offense cooking, it was, uh, it was, it was fantastic to watch. And if you're, if you're one of those guys that had Lamar Jackson, Jackson ranked as high as, as Trevor did on the QB list, you gotta be feeling pretty darn good. That's right. Give me some love here. QB two. <laughs> and wow, 12 touchdowns through three games, 12 total touchdowns. He is rocking it. Honestly, my biggest regret is like just not taking more of him right now. Yeah. Right. Like what I, I said, I thought he was going to have this opportunity to be MVP again, but I, I didn't take enough of him. I should have just started to grab him in the early third or, or late third. I don't know. Just should have started taking him. As soon as Josh Allen went off the board, I should have taken Lamar Jackson, uh, but that's all right. 12 touchdowns though, through three games. I think there's probably a little bit of touchdown regression coming for him, but man, he's so electric. 
that and this defense is not stopping anybody, which is always a, a recipe for success for the offense, especially when you got a quarterback like Lamar, because he's going to have to push all the time. One hundred percent. Yep. Another QB having himself a nice little season, a breakout season, if you will. Trevor Lawrence of the Jacksonville Jaguars. He's been balling out through 260 and three touchdowns last week against the Chargers. Not too bad, not too shabby, kind of building off of success. And it's he's progressively gotten better and better each week, which is what you want to see from a young quarterback, especially if you're rostering him in a dynasty league. And that's really, you know, his success is just reverberating throughout the offense. You've got Christian Kirk balling out. He put up um, a big stat line in the game against the Chargers. James Robinson, of course, my guy, four touchdowns through the first three games of the season. And then even Zay Jones got in on the action and, and got some got some love out there. So, um, And Marvin Jones did as well. He caught himself a touchdown. So the Jack Jacksonville Jaguars are firing on all cylinders. And I think a lot of it has to do with Trevor Lawrence's breakout and Doug Peterson coming in, changing the culture, and giving them an offense that's actually uh, potent. It's fun to see this guy finally in action with a really good coach and and not Urban Meyer because I, I you know I think he's getting his legitimate chance to to be that quarterback that number one overall pick. Some quarterbacks never get that chance, even you know even being drafted number one overall. I think Trevor Lawrence is going to get that here. Currently a top ten fantasy quarterback um, for you. So if you've got him, you probably drafted him late in the rounds. Maybe you picked him up off the waivers already. Uh, great get there, and a guy you can probably keep in your lineups. Joe Burrow for the Cincinnati Bengals finally gets gets you there. Uh, another highly drafted uh, quarterback, 275, three touchdowns. Tyler Boyd goes off this week. Uh, hell of a game by Boyd. You're going to get those every once in a while by him. Uh, T Higgins, Jamar Chase. These are guys you're starting every single week. Anyways, you're not starting Boyd every week, but you're starting Higgins and Chase. It's not much, a, you, you know, not much debate there. And so when, when you're, when your quarterback goes off for 275 and three touchdowns, you're going to be somewhat happy all around. And Dan Mac Hollins, uh, he's a wide receiver. He plays for the Las Vegas Raiders in case you haven't heard of him. Who is this guy? Yeah. Who is this guy coming out? Eight catches, 158 yards Ooh. and a touchdown. That's Devontae Adams stat line. Man. That's not what you expect from Matt Collins. Uh, the Raiders, they were without Hunter Renfro this weekend. So maybe that played into it. Darren Waller still got some love, but man, this is what you're expecting from Devontae Adams and Matt Collins out there putting up numbers, Mossin dudes. There was no way he was the hot name in, in daily fantasy this week. I was not going to touch him. I did not touch him. Well, <laughs> jokes on me because he just destroyed. He was the guy you had to have your one and win some money this week. Wow, yeah, that's that, that's definitely Devontae Adams' numbers. Those uh, Darren Waller, maybe he you know he puts up those kind of numbers. Not this week. It was all Mac Hollins. I do think Hunter Renfro is supposed to be back this week, so not necessarily something I'm going to be chasing by any means, but we definitely want to give shout out to Mac Hollins as, as he was a part of the good this week. He balled, he balled out. I, I, I want to know how many different lineups in daily fantasy plugged him in. <laughs> like, give me a percentage. I need to know, man there. I, I bet 
in cash games, it was probably 30, 35% because he was so cheap that everybody yeah. was, everybody goes for those cheap guys that are backups that you can save some uh, salary. So uh, maybe not so much in tournaments, but definitely in cash games. I bet he was in there. Let's talk about some of these rookies here in our new segment, Rookie Spotlight. Most of these are wide receivers, but we got a couple running backs here. Dan, why don't you start with some of these wide receivers here that have been balling out so far through three weeks? Yeah, you know, we already kind of talked about Drake London already. I won't go too far into what he's been able to do, but he's putting up um, in a half-point PPR league that I'm in. He's currently um, wide receiver number 11. So, I mean, those are pretty darn good numbers for a guy that was going middle of the draft. A lot of these rookies, even though they were drafted high in real life, none of them were getting snagged really before the fifth round unless you were in like a Kansas City home league and someone's grabbing Sky Moore super early. So, um, Sky Moore is dead to me. (laughs) Were you one of those guys? (laughs) He's dead to me. I don't care how, when I drafted him, it doesn't matter. Catch the football. Catch the football, no matter if it's getting punted to you or thrown to you. That's all I got to say about that. (laughs) Chris Olave has been getting heavily targeted, double-digit targets, 13 uh, last week, and had around that same amount this week. Ended up catching nine of those targets this time around for 147 yards. His first big game of his young, young career. Um I think he's going to end up being one of the main pieces in that New Orleans Saints offense. Jameis Winston's been looking his way often, and uh, now he's starting to do something with those targets and those looks. And maybe he's not the red zone guy. It looks like maybe Michael Thomas is going to turn into that guy for this offense. But, you know, Chris Olave is going to be that big play guy for him for sure. I think Michael Thomas being in there is going to help. Chris Olave. He needs to be in there every every week, in my opinion, for Chris Olave to keep up this pace. Romeo Doves, man, coming in strong. Now look, no Christian Watson, no uh Sammy Watkins, I think, was out. I he can get used to that though. <laughs> Randall Cobb might have played, but I don't remember. But anyways, the Packers were obviously a little low on wide receivers, but Doves showed up eight for 73 and a touchdown. You know, he, he's the one that was drafted later in the in the draft by the Green Bay Packers. And really, as you started to trickle into the preseason, he started getting all the hype, not Christian Watson. And Dove showed up. He's the one that Aaron Rodgers talked a lot about. And if he's going to get, you know, this many targets and go eight for 73 a couple more times this year, you're going to like having him. And then Garrett Wilson, he really blew up in week two. And we talked about that a little bit last week. Still has a modest game this week. And, and Dan, I'm going to put you on the spot here. We just talked about Drake London, the Falcons, Chris Olave, the Saints, Dubs for the Packers, and Garrett Wilson for the Jets. Out of those four, give me like your top two. Who are the top two you want out of those four? Rest of season from today to the rest of the season. So I have a little bit of – a personal experience with this question already. So I have Olave London and Wilson on a team in my keeper league. And um, for whatever reason, it's a 10 man keeper league. All these guys just kept following to me late in the round. So I just kept grabbing them. And um, between the two, 
London and Garrett Wilson started over CD Lamb and Terry McLaurin for me last week. So I'm thinking I'm going to have to roll with those guys. They get so much volume. Alave's been getting a lot of targets, but uh, these two guys are getting a ton of volume. Wilson makes me a little bit hesitant with Zach Wilson coming in. Um, I think that, you know, could change some of that value. We don't know what his chemistry is with Garrett Wilson, but you hope that, uh, you know, when Zach comes in, he's going to pick up where Joe Flacco's leaving off, right? Um, <clears throat> he's getting open. He's he's obviously talented. There's a reason he was, you know, the first receiver taken off the board in the NFL draft. And then Drake London, you know, doing what he's doing for the Falcons is pretty fantastic. I, I'm I'm taking those two for sure. Uh, but Chris Olave's right there for me. Yeah, and the only switch I would I would put Olave in there instead of Garrett Wilson, mainly because of what you just mentioned about Zach Wilson. Zach Wilson. Plus, you got Elijah Moore there. You've got two running backs who are very capable. Tyler Conklin's come on a little bit. So it just kind of seems like maybe week in and week out, that Jets offense might be a little bit spread out, which is odd to say because it's the Jets, and we're not used to them being able to have all these weapons. But uh, where in, in New Orleans, it's Alvin Kamara, Michael Thomas, and Chris Olave, right? You're not you're not really throwing it to Jawan Johnson that often, and and I don't, you know, I couldn't even name their wide receiver three at this point in the, in, in the year. So it's Chris Olave and it's Michael Thomas and it's Alvin Kamara. So that's why I would put Chris Olave just above Garrett Wilson. But any of these guys that you have. And then, you know, we also have some running backs here. Damian Pierce, he's finally getting the volume everybody expected him to get that he didn't get the week one. But over the last two weeks, he's gotten volume. And Brees Hall. It's it's coming on slow for Brees, but I think we're starting to see it. I think we're starting to see it a little bit. Tides are starting to turn there in New York, and and I do expect him to really have like a monster breakout game here soon. Yeah, I mean, 14 touches, six of those being receptions for over 90 yards. You're just missing a touchdown, and you got yourself a really good outing. So um, he's being efficient with those touches, which is what you want to see for the young running back for sure. All right, before we get into the bad of week three, Trevor, why don't you tell us about Trophy Smack? Let me tell you about Trophy Smack. One of the best things about fantasy football is the tradition that surrounds it, and nothing sets off a fantasy football league like a piece of hardware with your name on it. Level up your fantasy smack talk this season with awesome trophies, rings, huge championship belts. They've got toilet seat trophies for the losers in your league and so much more. Check out all of their options by clicking on our affiliate link in the podcast description. Take your league to the next level while also supporting the show. Go check them out. All right, Dan, let's jump right in to the bad. And we started off the good with a, the wide receiver that, you know, has really blossomed over the last couple of weeks. And we're going to start the bad with a wide receiver who, if it wasn't for week one, we might be hitting a panic alarm at this point in time of the season. Justin Jefferson, his second consecutive week with less than 10 points in half PPR leagues. Dan, how are you feeling about Justin Jefferson? I'm pretty disappointed. I think uh, the Vikings used him as a decoy quite a bit in that Lions game, and I think the Eagles just kind of shut him down. Slay was all over him in that game. 
Um, but, you know, exactly what you just said. Without week one, I mean, even if he just – half of what he did in week one is a normal game, right? 90 yards and a touchdown. Um, so even if it was just that plus these two weeks, you know, he's looking like he's outside the top 30. Um, you know, right now he's sitting at top 10 because of one game uh, so far. And I'm, I'm honestly – I'm concerned that this might be something that happens every once in a while in the season. And for, you know, a lot of teams, he was drafted anywhere from, I took a number two overall in one of my leagues. Um, he's drafted anywhere from number two through, you know, like six, uh, overall. So, um, some people got him, got lucky and got him in the, in the eighth slot, but this is a guy that was heavily valued in a lot of fantasy drafts. And we're seeing that, um, you know, Kirk Cousins or maybe it's Kevin O'Connell in that offense. They're just not scheming him the ball enough in certain situations or they're using him to get other guys the ball. So, um, you know, definitely something that uh, that concerns me for sure. And I'm hoping that he gets a nice little bounce back um, this week. Yeah, he's got, he's got too high of a ceiling to actually be like truly panicked uh, from him. But yeah, that week one looked like he was just going to be a monster all season long. The NFL is a weird game. It is very much week to week. We just have to really understand the ebbs and flows as we go through as fantasy managers. And and you mentioned, you know, Justin Jefferson being drafted really high. There's another guy that's drafted right there, right beside him in the first round that has also struggled through the first three weeks in Austin Eckler. Right, he, he did, gets the eight receptions last week, but right now he's averaging two and a half yards per carry, and he has zero touchdowns. The only thing that he's got going for him is catching the football, twenty-one receptions on the season. Other than that, they're not using him. They're not. He carried the ball four times last week, and this <laughs> this offense wasn't moving, and they had a quarterback who had broken ribs. Why are you not just turning and handing it off to one of the best running backs in the league is beyond me. As Austin Eckler manager, it is definitely frustrating through the first three weeks. I'm not saying, you know, react like overreact here because he's still Austin, Austin Eckler, but man, through three weeks, it's pretty frustrating to, to have him starting in your lineup and putting up very low numbers each week. No, I, I'd definitely be frustrated. I tried, I actually tried to avoid him in most situations. I figured that touchdown number inflation was going to come down for the season, but I did not expect this. I didn't expect zero TDs through the first three weeks. I didn't expect, you know, random guys with the last name Hovarth to have a, a rushing, rushing touchdown, but not Austin Eckler. So, um, you know, definitely something that's alarming, but Something that I would do if I don't have Austin Eckler is try and buy low. See if you might be able to scoop him off of somebody's roster, package a player or two for him, uh, something like that to to get a guy like this who's got such a high ceiling um, on your roster. I was honestly surprised they kept Justin Herbert in the game last week, having his injury. Even more surprised that they didn't lean on Eckler a little bit more. Yeah, I saw the report. Herbert said, I didn't want to be a quitter. I wanted to finish this out with my team. Great. But as the head coach, it's your responsibility to take care of those players. It's not right. the player's responsibility. You got to pull him out. That's your franchise right there in front of you. And you're getting, you're getting 
just kicked to the curb. So there's no reason for him to be out there anymore. Alvin Kamara coming off the injury in week two. Another bad game. Uh, this is a guy that I have in a dynasty league, a dynasty league that I have been quite successful in over the first, I don't know what we, we've been like eight, nine seasons. And I've been, and I've started Oh, and three this year and it's been bad. Mm-hmm. And I've got Alvin Kamara and I I'm ready to dump him I'm trying to get anything I can for him right now. He's at that age cliff. He's, he's creeping up there. There's a lot of running backs this year that are, that are up there in the age. So, that's crazy. Uh, you know, season long redraft. I think you're kind of stick with them unless you can really find a really good trade opportunity, but I'm starting to get a little worried here. Uh, he hasn't looked good at all this year. Plus he's been battling the injury. Hopefully he can get healthy and get back on the field and, and be that dominant five, you know, you're not gonna get the five touchdowns that we saw. Uh, what was it last year, but Cost get me a Super something Bowl. going. Come on now. New Orleans has been, been tough on the ground and i'd like to see alvin kamara get going yeah you know it's funny you mentioned it that 2017 class had so much talent in it in the running back room and all those guys are quickly approaching 30 um you know definitely something to monitor if you've got him in a in a dynasty league i don't blame you for shopping him that's for sure um christian mccaffrey hasn't been great this year he's not c-mac that we know of right Derrick Henry's getting up there in the age. He has a good game this week, but had the first couple of games were pretty bad. Like there's just all these guys who have dominated this league for a long time. They're all getting up, up there in age. And we said earlier, father time, right? I think that's what you said when I was, ta- when I was talking about um, somebody else, right? Or Cordero right. Patterson. Yep. You said Undefeated. father time. It's, it's creeping up there for some of these other studs too. And I'm not saying Alvin Kamara is there, but if I am in a dynasty league with him, I am starting to think about maybe now is the time to move him when you still got some name value. Absolutely. Some QBs had some rough, rough days on Sunday. Mahomes, one touchdown, one pick, just over 250 yards, nothing to less than 20 points. That's not what you expect from Patrick Mahomes. Uh, Being a chiefs fan like Trevor and I, you know, that's definitely not something you want to see. <laughs> Justin Herbert had himself a bad game, uh, having, you know, just getting uh, taken a beating most of the game. Russell Wilson doing, uh, it was like, it since he hurt his thumb last year, he has not been the Russell Wilson that we've seen for the other nine years of his career, 10 years, whatever it is. Um, he is not doing well in that offense. I don't know if it's the scheme or the, the, the skill position players he has around him or if he's just... Uh, washed at this point in his career who knows but he's having yeah, he's, trouble he's he's cooked well done at this point <laughs> yeah time to pull that guy <laughs> off the grill if you know what i'm saying tom brady uh not a good look for him he looks like a grumpy old man that does not want to be on a football field um and then matthew stafford and carson wentz you know not a great game from stafford no touchdowns in that one and then carson wentz um, he got sacked nine times against the Philadelphia Eagles. It's hard to have a good game when you're getting pummeled. Um, but just bad, bad games for all these quarterbacks that I would say, you know, belong in starting lineups. Uh, maybe we'll see what happens once we get to this next segment. But starting to get a little bit worried about Matthew Stafford and that that tendonitis or whatever it was at elbow, just because he hasn't looked dominant like he did last year. And Dan, if if I may just go ahead and plug my 
my show, The Rumbles of Red, on Friday nights at 8.15. If you like to lose money, just come hang out with me because I sat here and told everybody to double stack Patrick Mahomes and then just start printing money. <laughs> and I don't know what happened. I don't know what happened for, for Kansas City, but Patrick Mahomes did not uh, win you money. That is for sure. It was a it was a rough <laughs> week. That second touchdown to Kelsey would have been nice for both real-life NFL fans and DFS lineups. But, no, I think, you know, Herbert, Mahomes, at least those two, I'm pretty confident. Like, this is just another week, right? I mean, it's yeah, the those NFL. The, that's the floor for those, those guys. Yeah. Uh, Clyde Edwards-Alaire with the greatest stat line of all time, seven carries, zero yards, but he gets a one touchdown. Uh, you know, if you just look at fantasy points, the dude's like top 15 for running backs. Uh, but, you know, as Chiefs fans, I think we could talk about, you know, just the the actual importance of this t- this guy and how good of a running back he is. A guy that I'm telling you, if somebody wants him, let him have him. Uh, he is <laughs> seven, seven carries, zero yards, and a touchdown. His fantasy numbers looked fine comparative to other running backs. But this guy doesn't have the ceiling that that we're looking for uh, in fantasy. At least in my opinion, he doesn't have the ceiling. So um, I'm moving on. If I can, if anybody wants him, they can come get him from my teams. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to dive too deep into Clyde Edwards-Alaire and the Chiefs we go and all relive night. that horror. Um, but another guy who had a, a really big week to Aaron Jones, he comes crashing back down to earth. Uh, couldn't find his way into the end zone. Maybe I think he maybe got 30 to 40 yards from scrimmage um, in a game against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where they, you know, it looked like the Packers were going to blow him out in that first quarter, and then they put the kibosh on that whole idea and slowed down the entire offense. So Aaron Jones is a part of the bad. And I would say Jonathan Taylor, you know, the Chiefs defense, maybe you give them the flowers for this one, but he only put up 71 yards, and that's not – I mean, you 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 need a touchdown from your guy. You're picking number one overall. You need consistent production. J- Jonathan Taylor taking number one in most most situations. I say that's that's probably one of the few silver linings from that, from that Chiefs and Colts game as a Chiefs fan. Well, Dan, let's go ahead and jump right into our starts of the week. Last week, the aforementioned Clyde was your running back start of the week. Drake London, who we've also talked about, who had a great game last week, was your wide receiver. And Tyler Higby ends up as tight end 14. Very solid for the tight end spot. Like, we'll take that every (laughs) single time. Drake London went three for 54 in a touchdown. And Clyde, as we said, ended up as RB 14. So you really smash it on your starts of the week last week. Nobody's going to be upset by any of those guys in their lineups. Me, on the other hand, not so well last week. I did get Zeke in there. Zeke <laughs> helped me win a, a game, a matchup. I was down like four or five points. Needed that touchdown. Big 73 touchdown yards. I mean, 15 carries. He really didn't look bad on Monday Night Football. Ends up as RB16 on the week, so that's a healthy start. You're not going to be mad about that one. Unfortunately, Allen Robinson 
is maybe a bad football player at this time in his career. I'm not really <laughs> sure what's going on there. And Logan Thomas is just, you know, it's, he was part of the tight end dumpster fire this week. So uh, let's, let's jump right in. Who you got for your running back start of the week? Running back start of the week. I'm going Jamal Williams, baby. He's going to be able to put up some big time touchdowns and yards against the Seattle Seahawks defense. I'm loving what Cordero Patterson was, was able to do against him last week, 140 yards. I'm loving what that means for Jamal Williams and this, this Lions offense, who's actually been kind of a high-powered offense. Amon Ross St. Brown getting a lot of action. DJ Shark has been good here and there. Um, Jamal Williams, man, he's the number one red zone look when it comes to the Lions, and I think he's going to get a, maybe a couple touchdowns and some decent yards in this one. That's my 100% start of the week for sure. Yeah, he's always been good, too, in, in these these roles. Whenever DeAndre Swift's been out, he steps right in. I'm going James Robinson, your boy, your ride or die. Give it up. Yeah, uh, against <laughs> the Eagles. Eagles are 23rd against fantasy running backs through three weeks. They're averaging 110 rushing yards per game against them. That's middle of the league. Jacksonville top six in rushing attempts per game. So they're wanting to run the ball. They're trying to establish it. And now they get a chance to establish it against a mediocre run defense. If Jacksonville is going to win this game, which I don't anticipate them doing, but if they are going to win this game, it's got to be on the back of James Robinson, that first, second down bruising type, keep the sticks moving keep Jalen Hurts off the field. And if they can get it close, I do expect James Robinson could see 20 to 25 carries, which that's that volume that we've seen in the past for him. That's made him a stud running back for us in the fantasy streets. So give me some James Robinson against the Eagles and I'll pass it right back to you for your wide receiver start of the week. You know, I love that pick James Robinson, my wide receiver start of the week, Hollywood, Brown, 14 catches, 140 yards against the Rams. He is the obvious target for Kyler Murray in this offense until DeAndre Hopkins comes back. I think the Cardinals are going to end up beating the Carolina Panthers in this game, even though the Panthers are the favorite somehow, some way. Um, I'm liking Hollywood Brown in this one for sure. He's going to be my start of the week to sort of replicate that success. They seem to have found their stride a little bit. Kyler Murray and Hollywood Brown rekindling that college connection from their days at Oklahoma. Um, Greg Dortch, he's going to get some love. Zach Ertz is going to get some love. But uh, Marquise Brown is going to be the number one guy for, for the Cardinals, and I'm plugging him in this week. Who do you have? I think Hollywood's been in this, this uh, segment almost every week, but it's because he is. He is the only guy really there that's reliable for Arizona. I'm going with Chris Olave right back to the rookie against this Minnesota Vikings defense. The Vikings 275 yards per game in the air through the first three games. Only three teams are worse than that in the NFL. Olave back to back weeks with 13 targets. And now look week two, those targets were bad targets. They were just like Jameis just launching the ball up in the air. Olave did lead the, the league in air yards in week two, which is just a stat essentially how how far down the field are you when they do target you. Um, and so we love those big-time plays. That's that's what Jameis is trying to get out of Chris Olave. In week three, it starts to click. 
Olave goes nine for 147, as we mentioned earlier. Now he gets a poor defense in Minnesota, so I think he's going to continue to thrive there in New Orleans, and I think it's time to go ahead and put him in your lineups this week. Yeah, this week, my start of the week for tight end, I'm rolling with Dawson Knox. Now, we haven't seen the production that you would have liked from him, but each week he's gotten more targets, he's getting more receptions, and I think he's going to start getting some more looks in the red zone. This Ravens defense has not been good in the passing game. They're giving up tons of yards, tons of big plays. I think Dawson Knox and Josh Allen are finally going to connect for that touchdown this week. If you've been holding on hope for Dawson Knox to, to get in there or you're looking for a guy to stream, maybe you've got two two tight ends like the guy that I picked and the guy Trevor's about to talk about. Um, you know, either one of these guys is going to be good. But, you know, if you've been riding for Knox, do not miss out on this touchdown. I'm I'm feeling real good about it coming coming against this Baltimore Ravens defense. Calling his shots here. Dawson I'm, Knox. I'm Dave Ruth in it. I'm Heck giving it yeah. Dave Ruth love. He's finding some painter. You're right. This Baltimore defense has been really bad once again this year. After all the preseason hype about how good it was going to be, uh, it's just not there. I'm going Pat Fryermuth against the Jets, averaging 12 PPR points through. He averaged 12 PPR points through the first two weeks. Had a down week this last week with just two catches and 41 yards, but Man, anytime you can play anybody against the Jets, it makes it a pretty juicy matchup. I think he bounces back. Hopefully he can find pay dirt as well and get back into that double-digit uh, fantasy points again for you. You're probably already starting him, but just in case you're looking at Pat Fryermuth after week three and, and thinking maybe I need to pick somebody else up, I say put him right back in your lineups and let's roll with the Muth. Dan, why don't you tell us about Dr. Squatch, and then we will jump into our stream session. All right, everybody. We're going to take a quick pause in the action for a word from Dr. Squatch. Dr. Squatch uses natural ingredients, so nothing is harmful, and it's formulated for men. Ladies, the deodorant, the shampoos, the soaps, all of them from Dr. Squatch allow your man to smell like a man should, and it gives them a chance to take self-care seriously. From pine tar to cool, fresh aloe, you are sure to find a scent for that special man in your life. Click on the link in the podcast description, shop their products, and enjoy those daily deals today. All right, all right. Let's get this stream session kicked off. Last week, Trevor, you went with Marcus Mariota. He was able to put up about 15 and a half points. Hayden Hurst at the tight end slot. Not as much as we were hoping for from a streamer. Um, Lost. Just one catch there. (laughs) And then the Chicago Bears defense not really doing as much as we would have hoped against that – I believe they played the Houston Texans last week, not as much as we were hoping for there. And then I did not fare too much better in my picks. Um, Jared Goff ended up having kind of a rough game. I think he had a touchdown and a pick in that one, only 13, just under 14 points. Irv Smith Jr., after a big week two, did not replicate that success in week three. And then the Chiefs defense, they did all right, holding the Colts to just 20 points, a couple strip sacks. Um, but 
just not the production that I was hoping for from a team that got shut out uh, just a week ago. And uh, we ended up paying the price for that one for sure. So we'll do better for you guys this week. Okay. We're going to do better. That's the hope. You know, the chiefs are fingertips away from a scoop and score that would have catapulted them up to at least top five on the week. They did have five sacks, which is tied for second most on the week uh, behind, you know, you mentioned earlier the Eagles with their nine sacks. So that didn't go well at all. Uh, And then, I was going to mention Marcus Mariota ends up as QB 14 this week. So streamable, streamable. Like you can't hate it, but some of these guys we mentioned earlier, like Lamar Jackson, he's getting a lot more than 15 points. So uh, we're looking for these, you know, streamables. We're looking at least guys that get up in the top six or seven here. So why don't you give us one here? Who's, who's your guy for this week at quarterback? Yeah. So, Hear me out. I'm looking at Jacoby Brissett from the Cleveland Browns. I'm really liking his connection with Amari Cooper. He was able to give David and Joku a solid game as well uh, last week. And they're playing a weak Atlanta Falcons defense. The same defense that allowed Geno Smith, who I think is an inferior quarterback, to throw for 300 yards and a couple scores himself. If you're looking for a, a long shot kind of guy to scream, maybe your stream rather, you have Mac Jones. Maybe you're a little bit light on options on the waiver wires. Jacoby Prissett is widely available, and uh, that's who I'm rolling with. I think he's going to have a good week. Close your eyes, click the button, right? Like, that's eh, not going to feel good. Close your eyes, click the button. I got a guy that also is not really going to feel good. And that's Jameis Winston. I think this is a really good spot for the New Orleans offense to, to get right against the Minnesota Vikings, like I mentioned earlier. I think it's really easy to write off this team. But we have to remember, they, they just played the Tampa Bay Bucks in week two. And then the Carolina Panthers last week. That defense has improved quite immensely over the – I mean, what was it like three three years ago? They only drafted defensive players. Like this Panthers defense is is no slouch, and the New Orleans Saints have struggled against both of those defense. But now you get a pretty weak opponent and pretty weak defense. I'm ready and confident to put Jameis Winston slinging it all over the place, right back in a starting lineup. Hey, I'm hoping that LASIK surgery starts to pay off this year. I want I want Jameis to do well in New Orleans. I think he he's uh he's just a fun guy to watch. <laughs> he's just not afraid to to put the ball in the air and see what happens. Give your give give your uh wide receivers a chance and if he can just you know tone down the interceptions but keep the touchdowns going, we'll take it every time. Tone it way down. Way down. Tone it way down. Who's your uh, who's your tight end this week, Trevor? Well, I'm gonna go a pass catcher for your quarterback. So now we're really getting weird here. <laughs> David and Joku, all the same things you just talked about with the Atlanta defense. It's not a good defense, but in Joku had ten targets last week, ends up nine for eighty nine and a touchdown. If you're gonna give me a tight end that has ten targets, I'm gonna take it every single time especially with how bad these tight ends have been this year. I want the volume. 
Njoku's got the volume right now. Atlanta, a bottom 10 defense in pass yards per game. And they've given up at least 40 yards to the tight ends over the first three games. They've given up 70 yards in a game and 100 yards in a game. So the floor is 40 yards for tight ends. Okay, give me four catches for 40 yards. That's eight points. Right now, eight points at tight end is pretty good with that. That's money. Position. No, I love that. I I, I think he's going to have himself a nice week, too. Obviously, I'm rolling with Brissett. For my tight end, I decided to go with Robert Tunyon. This is a guy that's trending upward. Targets have been going up. Yardage has been going up, and receptions have been going up since week one. That's what you want to see from a tight end, especially with how thin the position is and the way things have been looking this year. It's pretty much, you know, Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey in the field. So Robert Tunyon going against that New England Patriots defense. They are a, a stout defense, but they did just allow Mark Andrews, who is a upper echelon tight end, so you can take this for what it is. But he ended up having a fantastic game, touchdown over you know 75, 80 yards. Really had himself a good game. I think Robert Tunyon's going to be a guy that I'm that I'm streaming this week if I have the opportunity or if I'm needed to. He's always been the touchdown guy. I just I want to start to see it a little bit, especially without Devontae Adams there anymore. He should be that red zone target for Aaron Rodgers. What about defense? Where are you headed this week for defense, Dan? So my defense, you know, if you're listening to this episode on Thursday you got to get these guys right now because they are playing Thursday night Dolphins at Cincinnati. The Dolphins defense held the Buffalo Bills, probably the most prolific offense in the NFL, to just 19 points last week. Pressured Josh Allen, uh, Melvin Ingram. The Chiefs are looking foolish for not keeping him on the roster. He is able to get some pass deflections and pressure the QB quite a bit. The Bengals have allowed Joe Burrow to get sacked 15 times in three weeks. He is on pace to be sacked 45 more times before the Chiefs even play him in week 12. So with the Miami Dolphins coming to town, they've got Ogba, they have Melvin Ingram and and just a stout uh, front seven. I think they're going to force a ton of pressure on Joe Burrow in this game. They're going to get to him quite a few times, and I would not be surprised to see them hold this team uh, to about, you know, the same total as what they were able to hold the bills to. Yeah. Which is unfortunate. Cause I'd love to see a nice high flying football game on Thursday night for once, but uh side note, the Bengals unis look sick for tomorrow going all white with the black They're trim, so cold. man. Yeah. It, it, let's get back to fantasy football here. Cause I'm like, <laughs> I saw that before we came on tonight. I'm like, Damn, that's nice. I'm going with the Giants against the Chicago Bears because these Bears, this Bears offense is so bad. It's so bad. Giants are available in 80% of leagues, so it's it's an easy go and pick them up. They're available in your league. They haven't been great so far. They didn't look terrible against the Cowboys on prime time. But again, at this point in the in the season, we know what the Bears are. We talked about starting Herbert in fantasy leagues last week. You can start a Cleo Herbert and the, have the Giants defense be really good for fantasy because 
Justin Fields in this passing offense just isn't there right now. So don't be afraid to fire up the Giants against the Bears if you're in a you're in a tough spot this week. No, I'm liking uh, I'm liking that Bears pick. I think they uh, they bounce back from last week and and do some damage. So before we close out, um, Trevor, what player are you most surprised about through three weeks of the NFL? For me, it's Amari Cooper making the move from Dallas to Cleveland. I just couldn't get on that train. I didn't think Jacoby Brissett could could carry him at all. I, I wasn't really excited about Amari Cooper. But now he's got two straight games, over 100 yards receiving. He's currently a top 12 wide receiver in fantasy points per uh, in uh, points per reception leagues. And he is about the only guy I talked about in Joku earlier. There's just nobody else to throw to there in Cleveland. And Jacoby Brissett has really keened in on, on Amari Cooper. And Amari Cooper has looked good. And that's a little bit surprising to me. So that's who I'm going with, Amari Cooper. Dan, who's the most surprising player for you through three weeks? For me, I'm going with a player off of that high-flying Jaguars offense that we've seen through three weeks, and it's not my guy, James Robinson. I was a believer in him. Um, Trevor Lawrence is probably the honorable mention here, but uh, Christian Kirk, he got paid that fat contract. People were literally laughing at the Jaguars for what they did, giving him that much money. This is a receiver that never had more than like 700 yards in a single season um, just really hadn't proven himself and and the contract kind of just seemed overinflated but he is earning every dollar of that contract so far um, just seeing what he's been able to put up as as late as he was drafted in a lot of leagues this is a kind of player that if he's able to continue this success it could be a league winner type of deal where you're able to fill in you know a wide receiver one in your flex slot or whatever the situation may be with your roster. So Christian Kirk, definitely a huge surprise for me, um, not just for the Jaguars, but for fantasy football as a whole. Yeah. Could you imagine what this uh, Cardinals offense looked like if Christian Kirk was used this way, man? Yeah. Hollywood Kirk. I, I, uh, I would have liked it, but you know, Kirk's in a better spot. Now I was actually going to go with James Robinson, but then I saw you had already put Christian Kirk here in the, the show doc. I, I can't go to Jags, <laughs> but I think it's fair to say this Jaguars offense in general is very surprising, especially for fantasy football right now. Right. So absolutely, um, that's what you get a couple weeks in. You're starting to kind of understand who people are. I love what I see out of, out of Jacksonville in terms of offense and p- fantasy football. And Christian Kirk has been a staple in m- some of my tournaments over the first couple of weeks for DFS and been paying off pretty well there for me. I love that. How's his, uh, how's the cost to get him looking? Has that been going up week over week? He's been in, he's been increasing, but nothing like guys like Amon Ron St. Brown, right? That he's like the guy that has just started to blow the roof off the salary that he, he is. I think he was pushing eight K last week in, in, on FanDuel. Wow. But Christian Kirk has been very relatively cheap still. And usually, like I did last week, it didn't work out as well. But I usually just go ahead and mini stack him with 
with an opposite player. Last week, I mini stacked him with Austin Eckler, mm. and we didn't know how that went. It didn't go well. So uh, I love working through some of those mini stacks, though, and gives me an opportunity again, like to truly plug my show 815 on Friday nights. Um, come, come hang out with me on the rumbles of red YouTube page, jump in the chat. We just talked through FanDuel and my best, my favorite plays. We built some lineups together. It's a pretty good time. And the more you interact, the more questions I can get answered for you all. And we'll get ready for the Sunday main slate. Follow me on Twitter as well at Trevor S underscore FF and follow our NFL on stadium ramp podcasts on Spotify. We as fans are bringing you as fans, the content that you want through podcasts. It's great. We've got the Indy intercept podcast, which I was on this last week, recapping the game. Titans tilt is up already. Flock the North for the Ravens is up already this week. Giants gridiron. So go check us out. NFL on Stadium Rant podcast on Spotify. Love that. Love that. All of the uh, all of the team shows have been phenomenal this year for sure from that uh, from the channel over there at Stadium Rant. <clears throat> Make sure you follow my other show that we're dropping episodes every Wednesday. And then uh, if you're a Chiefs fan, we have a Let's Chief episode that comes out every red friday it's the the show's called the fastest 40 we're on apple podcasts and spotify and it is presented by cs designs for the wednesday episodes presented by e-coffee on friday and in partnership with stadium rant the same uh presenter for this very show love the network of shows that uh stadium rant's been putting together and it truly is an honor to be a part of it Follow our show, Another Damn Fantasy Podcast, on Twitter at ADP Podcast underscore SR. That's for Stadium Rant, our presenting sponsor at Stadium Rant HQ on Twitter, www.stadiumrant.com for all of that written content that they're launching out there. And make sure that if you follow the show on Spotify, you follow us on Apple Podcasts or on Anchor, even, you hit that little bell. That gets you the notifications when we drop our episodes so you can get caught up, get your lineup set right, and uh, leave us a review. Let us know how we're doing. Um, all of that stuff is great feedback for us to continue to make the show better and bring you guys a great product. So we do appreciate everybody for joining us this week, and good luck in week four. I need to know everything. Who and what and where I need everything. Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but I like it's new what you're telling me. I'm curious, George. I hop in the Porsche, five and a horse. I'm ready for war. I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost. I need to know everything. Now you'd be surprised at the info you get is by letting them talk. So I'm letting them.